0: Good morning. Happy New Year. I like to say that I'm one of Jack Alvey's best friends from seminary. And on occasion, like the Ascension Parish retreat, he will text me and say, Katie, can you come and fill in for me this morning? And he did that a few weeks ago. Um, And I'm always happy to come to Ascension. The lovely church, and I know a lot of you amazing good people, uh, but I did spend Christmas and New Year's assuming that I was going to walk in and the gospel was going to be the story from Matthew where the wise men visit the baby Jesus, because that's usually what we're reading a couple of Sundays after Christmas, um, and fortunately... I don't know. Like a little bird spoke to me a couple of days ago, and I thought, you know, I'd better text Jack and just make sure. And he's like, "Oh no, we're using the using the gospel for the baptism of Jesus, which is not one of my favorites." John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And I guess I just. Um, know what to do with John the baptizer I don't always know what to do with the baptism of of Jesus um, I mean we if you if you are familiar with the story of the gospel the life of jesus uh, you've heard of John the Baptist he was pre- pretty objectively crazy like nuts right he's the guy that's um, out in the wilderness out in the desert it says he Wore clothes made out of camel's hair and ate locusts and wild honey, which was just kind of nuts, even by the standards of the first century. Um, he's a he's a he's a he's a weird dude, and 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 then um, to kind of add to that, he's he's this really important part of the story. He's actually one of the very few characters that's named in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all talk about John the Baptist. So you assume he's really important. But he also plays a really small role. Like, he's only at the beginning, right? You know, he goes on in a few chapters to die this really spectacular death where, you know, his head is, like, presented on a platter. Um, But he doesn't hang out with Jesus. He doesn't follow Jesus. He's not at the end with Jesus. He, he only shows up for a very small period of time. Um, and, then, and then on top of that, um, we learn in the Gospel of Luke that, that John isn't just some like, random prophet out in the wilderness. He's actually, he's actually like Jesus' second cousin. So he's um, the son of of Jesus' mother's cousin. In fact, uh, the the Bible talks about Elizabeth as being much older than Mary, so maybe he's Jesus' second cousin once removed. Do you have a second cousin once removed? Can you think of who they are? (laughs) And so with that mental image of your second cousin once removed, to add to all this strangeness about John... We certainly get the idea in the gospel that for some real weird reason, in order to understand who Jesus is, we first have to meet John the Baptist. Now imagine if somebody was writing a story about you, and they said, you know, to really get to know this person, first I'm going to need to tell you about their second cousin once removed. My second cousin once removed is a property manager in Gadsden who I had to silence on my social media because we disagree about everything. So the thought that for you guys to really get to know who I am, you need to know about my cousin Mark, that's just kind of a strange idea, isn't it? Um, reminded that, um, so I have, a, I have a therapist that I've been visiting with about once a month for the last few years. I highly recommend having a therapist, because you get to talk about yourself for an entire hour, and as, as uh, she and I were getting to know each other a few years ago, um, she said, okay, Katie, I, you know, I, I really need to know who you are so that we can work together on the the problems that you bring to me. I really need to know who you are. And so I want to hear the story of your mother and your father. Now, how did they grow up? How did their parents treat them? What TV shows did they watch in the 1960s? And so we, like, went through all of that, who my parents are, and then she said, all right, I want you to tell me about your grandparents. What was it like when your father's parents immigrated to the United States? What was it like in Gadsden in the 1950s when your mother was growing up there, and how did their parents treat them? And we got got to like great-grandparent level. And then, you know, over the next few years, when I would bring something to her like, God, I just can't stand it when my mother-in-law comes and rearranges my entire kitchen. She'd say, ah, oh, yes. Does this have anything to do with the fact that your dad really enjoyed eating popcorn when he was eight years old? You know, and sometimes I'd be like, no. <laughs> but a lot of times, I'll say, oh, yes, it does. Yes, there is a connection between who my parents are and who my grandparents are and who my second cousin once removed is and his story and who I am. I I, I think a a lot of this question um, about who is John the Baptist, who is Jesus, breaks open that maybe more fundamental question for me well, actually, actually, what, I'm, what I really want to know, God, is, is uh, who am I? And our, and our families, our cousins, our grandparents, um, whether adopted or biological or well, whether forced or whether chosen, help us understand something about who we are. has changed a lot for me so you know like back when I was in high school and when I was in college that who am I kind of question I mean I don't know I guess it's centered around like um who am I who do I love what am I supposed to do um what does God have in store for me who will I become I've i found those of you who um look at me and, and think that maybe you're around my age um I think as, as I'm, like, approaching more like midlife, you know, that, that question becomes more like, wait, who am I? Wait, is this who I am? Is this, is this all there is? Is, is changing diapers and, and, and dealing with my daughters pre-teenage tantrums and, like, working, working my job, preaching a sermon every week? Is this, is this who I am? Can I change that? And then I, you know, I see my parents who are um, uh, in their early 70s, you know, even answering that question in a a different way, giving some, a different kind of, um, maybe expressing a different kind of gratitude, sometimes a different kind of dissatisfaction. Who am I now that I'm retired? Who am I now that I'm a grandparent? And then, um, as as my own grandparents aged, what am I leaving behind? What is my story? Who's gonna Who's gonna take on hosting the family reunion? Who am I? Who am I now? Who am I now? And so, I, I, this year, um, this epiphany, I'm I'm thinking about that question as I'm reading this story of. Um, Jesus being baptized by his insane cousin, John the Baptizer, out in the, out in the wilderness. and um, I'm, I'm wondering about this question. How does John help Jesus understand, who am I? Who am I? You know, in, in Jesus, um, we talk about how God did something new in Jesus. In, in former times... In former times, in the times of of the Old Testament, in the times of Elijah and King David, um, God sent prophets. God sent sent prophets to to preach peace and love and justice for for all. John the Baptizer is kind of in that tradition. Um, But in Jesus, God does something new. God God actually becomes human. And so there's this aspect of, of John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. Remember, baptism is about initiation. And so when John baptizes Jesus, John is initiating Jesus into the human family, saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring water on your head, and this is an outward symbol of the fact that God has become human. And that changes the way I think about, well, God, why, you know, why is it so important that John is Jesus' second cousin once removed? Well, who better than your second cousin once removed to remind you that you are human and you are part of a family you are part of a human family no matter how beautiful and wonderful and messed up and crazy that is and then when Jesus emerges from the water he's pulled up out of the water Um, he sees the Holy Spirit descending on him and the voice from heaven saying who are you we don't actually ask that question but That's implied. Who are you? You are my son, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. I don't know if any of you have seen a baptism here at Ascension. Probably. Um, But whether it's a child, whether it's a baby, or whether it's an adult being baptized, the words that are used are actually really, really simple. So Jack or Emily will um, pour water on the baby or the adult's head and, and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then they, um, they put a little cross of oil on that person's forehead. And, and they say, remember that you are marked as Christ's own forever. Like it's really not that complicated. Our families do kind of tell us who we are. They help us create our story. What we do, the the career we choose, the lack of a career, the choices we make help tell our story. But baptism reminds us who we really are. It kind of strips all of that away and says, well, who are you? Who am I? I am a beloved child of God. I'm a beloved child of God. I was born and I was created in and out of love. And that's what I really need to know. That's really all that I need to know as I move forward in this life. So being reminded of that on this Sunday of the baptism of Jesus, um, I invite you into another New Year's resolution. Maybe you've already made a few of those, but I I invite you into another one. Um, There's an awful lot of people maybe you are one of them, who've forgotten who they are, who don't know who they are, who maybe are afraid that their success or their failure defines who they are, who are maybe afraid that the mistakes that they made in 2023 defines who they are, who are maybe afraid that they'll never figure (coughs) out who they are, or that they aren't anybody. Again, maybe that's you, maybe it's somebody that you know. And, and I invite you to find a way, it might not be quite the way that Jesus says it, it might not be quite the way that John the Baptist says it, but find a way that feels natural to you, that uses the words that come naturally to you, or the actions that come naturally to you, to remind them of who they are. To remind them of the most important thing that we proclaim as Christians defines us. You are my child, you are my beloved, and with you I am well pleased. Who, to who, might you speak those words in the season after the epiphany? And how might you remember as you go throughout your week that those words are also spoken to you? You are my child, my beloved. With you I am well pleased. Amen.